This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Full disclosure, it's going to sound like I'm yelling at you, but I'm not. I'm kind of yelling at myself here a little bit, because remember how hard... Facebook insiders worked to let us all know what a rotten place Facebook had become. The former staffers that went public to tell us all about the algorithms and how are we being driven into misinformation and nonsense and garbage and damaging our kids and, and all the rest of that stuff. Remember that? Perhaps more importantly, how they were all telling us, don't forget, you're the commodity. You are what Facebook is selling. It's your data. Your very online existence is what makes Facebook billions and billions and billions of dollars. Well, even those of us who smartened up and got out of there are being lured back now. And like I said, including myself, okay, um, to, I don't know, the new Facebook better known as Threads, right? We've talked about this. It's sort of Mark Zuckerberg and Meta's response to uh, the situation over at Twitter and seeing an opportunity to make over, maybe take over that kind of social media platform. They've launched Threads, which for all intents and purposes is pretty much Twitter. There's some small differences, but it looks like and works a lot like Twitter. And you know what? They've already got over 100 million users signed up. A hundred million. Uh, it's been live for, I think, 10 days, something like that. Um, and now we're being told, not surprisingly, this site, this Threads platform, it is a hacker's dream. Let's find out why. We're going to chat with Brett Carraway, who's a professor of media economics at the University of Toronto. Brett, thanks for joining us. Appreciate your time. Hey, it's good to be here. So what do we know about Threads and its data collection? Because that's what we're talking about here. When we say it's a hacker's dream, it's just the amount of data that it's collecting, right? Oh, man, when I listened to you describe it, I felt like you were reading an indictment of me because <laughs> I, I got off social media, was proud to be off social media, and then Threads comes out, and I hopped right back same on. Here. Don't I feel bad. I did the same thing, I'm Brett. Uh, I have a book and a publisher that's pushing me to like push my book all the time. So I felt like I was pushed back into it. But yeah, sometimes as a professional, uh, you, you have <laughs> to do things that you don't want to do. And this is one of them. Just but, when I thought yeah. I was out, they pulled me back in. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, uh, threads isn't anything new really in terms of uh, what type of data it's collecting. In fact, it's largely embedded within the existing meta privacy policy. There is uh, a supplemental policy that deals specifically with threads, but that's really just sort of laying out the privacy policy vis-a-vis yeah. -vis the specific technical features of threads. But, I mean, in terms of what this thing is collecting, uh, I usually refer to it as something like a drift net approach. It just gobbles up as much as it can. So, Certainly anything you share on your profile, so if you post a photo, write a short bio about yourself, anything that you post, of course it's monitoring that, but it goes beyond that. Um, it'll collect information about what smartphone you're using, what operating system it has, what cell tower are you connected to, what Wi-Fi network are you connected to, what's your GPS location, what photos and video do you have on your 
device. Um, if you post something from your camera, obviously it's going to ask for permission to use your microphone and your camera. Um, it'll collect data about everybody in your contact list. If you're using it to direct message people, it's going to grab that. If you have a, th if you're on a third party application of some kind and you interface with any of Meta's properties, that's of course Facebook, Instagram, mm -hmm. WhatsApp, and now Threads, it gobbles up information from the third party app. Uh, you know, all of this is because we live in a, in a new media landscape now. It's very different than the 20th century when we were sort of based more on subscriptions and then advertising. But in the 20th century, the advertising model was to get the commercial message in front of as many people as possible. So it, it was more like broadcasting. Now it's about getting the commercial message in front of the right person. It's targeted advertising. Who's the most likely person to buy this good or service? And so to do that, um, you have to have a lot of information about your consumers. And that's where the incentive for this sort of just, uh, you know, broad approach to data collection comes from because it's trying to match you up. That's what the platform does. It matches you, the user, up with a specific advertiser. Now, I, to be clear, we've given them permission to do all of this, right? Like they're not doing anything surreptitiously. Uh, we signed up to the app. They gave us the list of things that we need to read. Nobody reads it. We clicked accept and now here we are, right? So yes, that, that technically correct. But there's a couple of issues that are still legitimate, like griefs or grievances, in my opinion. <laughs> Number one, what we were just talking about, you have some level of social and professional coercion to use the app. Yes. So it's not yeah. just like you can opt out. Um, you know, I could say, well, if you don't like using ATM machines, you could opt out of that and deal with a bank teller. And, and then you'll go to the bank and figure out there's a long line or there's not any humans behind the counter anymore. And it creates nightmares for you. Um, you know, in my, your profession, I'm sure, and mine, we rely on these social media channels to do self-marketing and branding, sure. and our employers expect us to do that. So it's not as easy as just opting out. And then in terms of knowing or, or giving consent to all of this, I would argue that, yes, technically, I mean, you are giving consent, but if you had to read, actually read every end-user license agreement for every app that you use in the course of your daily life, the burden is unmanageable. It's unthinkable, actually. Number one, it's dense and it's jargon-filled, and you oftentimes either have to have a background in law or media to understand what you're actually agreeing to. Uh, and then this is a, a click wrap license, meaning it's not like a normal contract. If you and I created a contract to like buy or sell a house, we would bargain over that. Uh, you know, I would be able to make you an offer and you would say no, but we would go back and forth until we agreed to the specific components of the contract that were agreeable to both of us. There's nothing like that with Meta. You no. just take it or leave it. There's no good faith bargaining going on. And then finally, these agreements are never finished. They change constantly. They're living documents. They change day to day. They don't give you notification in an explicit manner when the terms have changed. And you're never really giving consent, but they've got it so that if you just continue to use the service just by logging into threads or Facebook or Instagram, just by using it, that is, from their perspective, giving consent to whatever changes they've made. So yes, technically you're giving consent, but whether or not that's like real in any meaningful sense of the word, I think is very debatable. Now, I, um, 
my producer, Sarah, who you spoke to to get on the air, often says, whenever we have this conversation, Brett, she's one of the many. She's not alone that says, I got nothing to hide. I don't care. Go ahead. Track me. What do I care? I'm not doing anything wrong. Why is that the wrong thing to say? Why should we be more concerned about them scraping all this data off of our devices? At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Sure. So, I mean, there's a whole bunch, there's a whole range of reasons here that I, I could talk about. One is to say that the position you're in today isn't necessarily the position you're in tomorrow. Uh, a lot of people, I'm a dual citizen of Canada and the United States, and a lot of people, a lot of my friends back in the United States are all of a sudden finding themselves targeted um, by political parties, um, laws, things that weren't really going on, say, just 10 years ago. That sort of information can be used against you in unanticipated ways if the institutional context changes the prevailing political winds change Mm. i mean you can imagine a situation in which your phone has kept track of the fact that you visited a specific type of doctor at a certain a certain time and then all of a sudden maybe that procedure whatever you're doing becomes criminalized and that information could be used against you or maybe the phone is gobbling up information about the types of purchases you do, your credit card balance, et cetera, and then you go to apply for a mortgage later on or some sort of loan, and then that financial data gets used against you. So you don't even have to be a member of a marginalized population to be on the receiving end of a power dynamic. It's not necessarily that we're all doing something illegal that we're hiding, That that, you know, that's True, I think, for most people that were mostly law-abiding citizens. But even still, this sort of data can be used to target you with specific information. It can impact you financially. It can, unfortunately, depending on what happens politically, could even impact you in just the public sphere. So, I mean, as somebody who lives in this world, and like you say, we both, we, we, I, I, I mean, I hate Facebook. I'm not going to lie to you, Brett. And I, I, if Mark, if you're listening, I'm sorry, but I, I, I do. I, I hate what Facebook has done to us. Um, I still have Facebook because lots of people message me on it, but I don't go on there. I don't post. I'm not engaging with Facebook. But Threads comes along and I'm, you know, sure enough, I'm back. I mean, what's wrong with us? I mean, (laughs) what do we do? Because like you say, it doesn't seem like it's an option for some people. I didn't feel like it was necessarily. I don't know. I mean, what do you do? What do you advise with this kind of, you know, platform? Because like you say, it's all or nothing. It's not like you can tailor it. No, I I got off of uh, 
social media about two years ago, like all of it. I, I deleted it. All, all of it. And I have to tell you, it was the most liberating feeling. I got my mornings back. Like I yeah. used to get up and, and hop on Facebook and start arguing with people, my friends, and my family about politics. And, uh, you know, I would just start off with a real cloud over my head and I, I got off of it and it felt phenomenal. <laughs> like I, I had a, a rebirth of, of some kind. Uh, I'm, I'm doing it now once again, more for professional reasons. So I'm, I'm trying to just not fall into the trap of arguing over highly politically polarized topics. Yeah. Um, but you know, and I think you do have to have some sort of boundaries for yourself in terms of the amount of time that you spend on the, on the applications. Uh, the types of discussions that you get into, because oftentimes you enter into conversations where you don't have good faith no. participants in dialogue. It's just yelling at each other. So try to be aware of that dynamic, but also be aware of what's happening to the young people in your in your life, because uh, we've got a ton of research now that shows a direct correlation between the amount of time that young people are spending on social media apps and feelings of social alienation, suicidal thoughts, um, body image issues. Like, a, it's just a toxic mix it is. for young people. And I, I'm tired of the algorithm because I can tell you what it's doing to my students is it's taking away the ability for them to go out and explore, take risks, and fail because the algorithm serves up everything to them. And so they're losing the creativity of just going out and exploring and doing trial and error. And it, it's very, it's hard to like put a number on that and make a case for why that's so bad. But as a university professor, I see it day in and day out and it's very worrisome. So just be aware of what it does to the young people in your life. Yeah, great advice. Absolutely. Brett, thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate your time.